0: Welcome to another episode of Create a New Tomorrow. I'm your host Ari Kronich and today I have with me a Muhammad Hamoud. He is a loving husband and father to three children. He's a heart-centered leader who's passionate about empowering leaders to unleash their potential by sharpening their emotional intelligence, fostering inclusion, and leading from the heart. Thank you for coming on the show, Muhammad And why don't you tell us, the audience, a little bit about yourself and how you became this heart-centered leader?
1: Thank you for having me on the show today, Ari. It's really a pleasure to be here. So how did I become a heart-centered leader? I don't necessarily believe that was intentional. Ever since I was young, maybe eight years old, I started becoming aware that what I wanted to do in life was to be in service of others. And that's not the language I used when I was eight. It was more of how can I make a difference? How can I do something that makes me happy, makes others happy? And from a young age, I, I craved belonging. I craved wanting to be amongst others and feel like I was one of them. Because I was an immigrant, I came from overseas, lived in Canada. I had to change my name I several times. had to uh, disinvest myself of my Islamic identity. I became Western. And, you know, so becoming a person who I wasn't to please people who weren't like me and starting to look like people who weren't like me. So I started to fit in because, you know, you look at me, I don't look Middle Eastern, I don't look Muslim. And when I started using the name Mike and then Mikel and then Miguel, it was years. It was I was, you know, into my adulthood. I was 25 before I came out of the closet and can use my Islamic name. And I could, you know, reclaim my Islamic identity as as Mohammed. Through that, Throughout that journey, from knowing that I wanted to make a difference, getting older and recognizing that we need a space where we can feel that we are part of the community where we live, that we belong, that we're accepted. But what I started learning is if you don't accept yourself first, you can't expect other people to
0: accept you. Nice. So I've told this story a few times, but when I lived in Los Angeles, my roommate was Palestinian Muslim. I am a Jewish, Buddhist, uh, Catholic, uh, you know, like religion studier. Uh, I've studied the Quran, I've studied Buddhism. I've studied Taoism. I've studied a lot of religions, Native American. But she and I, you know, as you can imagine, didn't necessarily agree on, on a whole lot of stuff, but we agreed that we were brother and sister. And brother and sister sometimes grow up in completely different households, even if they're in the same house. So even my brother and I, very different people, we we kind of made that same conclusion that, you know, we grew up in different worlds because of our perception and our reality was was different, even though it was the same household. All of a sudden, the world opens up possibilities, in my opinion. So let's talk about that a little bit because, and I don't want to make this about too much about religion and and culture that way, but it's definitely something that's present in our communities and in our countries right now, very, very hardcore. So let's just talk a little bit about how, how would you say you use emotional intelligence to bridge the gaps between diversity and culture? So that's what I spoke at. Uh, so I was, uh, two
1: years ago, I was invited to speak at the uh, Wake and Aware TEDx in um, Traverse City, Michigan. My message was around reclaiming my identity, but it was more of extending that bridge because we as human beings can become bridges. And my message was, you know, the people that have hijacked my name for their political, uh, you know, their political views that don't resonate with the rest of us what they've done is they've hijacked my name, my religion, my beliefs, and they've used me as collateral. So the idea is that we don't have, to your point, we don't have to be represented by that loud minority, however small they are. And I think the percentage is probably less than 1% actually. But to your point, because they are so loud, and we tend to see more of the negative in society than we tend to look for the good. As human beings, we tend, you know, even in ourselves, we tend to first focus on what brings us pain and angst before we look at what is bringing us happiness and fulfillment. So when we look in, 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 in the community, we look at society, we look at what's different. And when we see what's different, we don't necessarily see what's good about it. We don't see that we can be better and happier because of our differences and not in spite of them. But nobody told us we had to agree. So... You and your Palestinian Muslim friends started from a place of commonality. And and most of what what the reason that we're here, I believe, is not to find that we all like chocolate ice cream, but to recognize that you can like chocolate ice cream. And I like mint. I don't. It's the other way around. But the idea is that it'd be boring if we all agreed and if we all believed in the same thing. And the beauty of it is how we can recognize that diversity diversity is a fact, but inclusion is a choice. Diversity is all around us in nature and in humanity, in the way that we speak, in the way that we look, in the way that we love. And so we can't change that diversity. We have to recognize it and celebrate it as opposed to penalize it. And we can intently, so with intention, choose to be inclusive. But even inclusion is not enough. What we have to do is to allow you and I to sit at the same table. And when you break your bread, you hand it to me. You allow me to sit at the table with you and to be part of your communion. And it's a matter of allowing enough people at at the table. So, you know, it's making sure that there are empty chairs so that people can actually come and sit beside us. And, you know, back, you know, in Palestine and in Israel, people don't actually sit on a chair. Traditionally, we sat around in a circle, and that circle is the circle of safety. And what we have to do to recognize for us to grow and to recognize the differences make us stronger is to allow the circle of safety to widen. And for those that are on the outside to come in of their own volition and to be part of the conversation, to have their voices heard, to feel that they are seen, to feel that they are valued. And when we do that, when we we allow ourselves to stand back and allow others, you know, or, or, you know, permit, space for others to come in, we create that feeling of belonging.
0: Absolutely. You know, you, you said something about circles and and um I, I I'm a circle theorist. And and what that means is there's not a single thing in nature that doesn't have a circle shape. In martial arts, everything is about circle, you know, whether it's creating an energy bubble or the movement being a circular movement for martial arts. Um, tribal living in a modern world is a book that I'm, uh, I'm getting ready to, to write. And I'm going to do a series of these books. The first one is uh, corporate uh, as a corporate one. It's tribal living in a modern world, the corporate culture revolution. And my theory is That if we take the sharp edges out of anything and we turn them into circles so let's let's say in a corporation you usually have cubicles and that people are in and box offices right and it's a boxed building yeah and if you took that and you turn it into a circle structure then all of a sudden and you could do concentric circles. So, you know, small and then bigger and bigger and bigger. We end up creating project-driven and productive teams, uh, purpose-driven teams, things like that, because all the people necessary for that project are in that circle and they all have equal positioning, right? So there's, there's no place where the, that position, the engineer isn't less than the, the uh, accountant or more than then uh, the manager, then the, you know, cause they all have different unique talents. So why put one above or below another in a box type structure or a pyramid type structure? Why not create it in a, in a circu- circular? But I, I think that that goes back to what you were saying, you know, in Israel and Palestine and tribal living in general, we, we, we would eat around a fire in a circle. Talk around a fire in a circle. We would commune. We would story tell. We would, you know, do that. in In the fifties and sixties and seventies, we would eat dinner with our family in a circle. You know, mm-hmm. and the circle has become sharp edged, versus versus that nice soft circle with no sharp edges. Right. We ha- we don't do dinner with the family anymore. We, we tend to be individualized even in our families, right? And that to me is part of what has broken up the family, which has broken up the community, which has broken up the society. And, and you know, the purpose, I guess, of it has been, well, everybody's too busy to, to do anything together anymore because you're working 40 to 80 hours a week, right? But just if you could imagine a world that's circular versus sharp-edged and how much different that might feel.
1: And isn't it amazing? The world is circular. We live in not maybe a perfect circle, but the earth is a globe. The sun is a globe. The planets are circular. You know, everything that we know, to your point, has some sort of structure where it's circular. The, the, the dimensions of how the blood travels within the body is circular everything has that circular now i you know i'll come later to to the idea of, of, of a spiral but a spiral is another version you know when you talk about concentric circles a spiral is a circle that continues to grow that continues to expand and that is how i think we can take the image of a circle not the square or rectangular head of the table leadership mentality that there is one leader at the top of the pyramid or at the head of the table but we are sitting around equally equitably around each other, across from each other, looking at each other, we can hold hands with each other. And most of the uh, indigenous communities believe in the circle, you mentioned the campfire. So I think we are designed or created in a circular mentality to your point we start dividing ourselves up into the compartments of the cubicle and and the the boxes and the big buildings. And it's all about these sharp rectangular
0: shapes that break away from what's natural and nurturing to us. Right, but I I would love you to talk a little bit, and, and we can't do it tonight today, but I would love you to talk a little bit about the beauty of the Muslim religion, because it is such a beautiful, rich, diverse culture, diverse religion. And it's nothing like what most people think in the Western, at least. So anyway, it's, cha- it's changing.
1: I, I think a lot of people are starting to see differently because you and I are having these discussions because we are amplifying the 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 silent voices that for the longest time have not had the opportunity to be heard. And that is why I think it's so important to, to look at the alternatives to, to the media and, and the outlets out there because having you know podcasts, having uh, opportunities where people can talk like this freely and share the different perspectives, that's where we're going to break with the silent majority and create a new minority of loud voices that speak a better truth.
0: Absolutely. So let's give uh, three tips or tricks that anybody listening can take with them and act upon today so they could create their new tomorrow today. This isn't mine. This is probably
1: Gandhi's or Michael Jackson, but be the change that you want to see in the world. I, you know, don't reinvent, just be the change that you want to see in the world. Start with yourself. And in order to start with yourself, get to know yourself. You can't get to know others if you don't know yourself and when you get to that place of constant knowing of you and the other allow for those differences and recognize that we're stronger because of our differences not in spite of them
0: awesome thank you how can people get a hold of you if they'd like to so listen to this podcast listen to the unfiltered podcast
1: uh, i can share with you um, you know i have a training uh, consulting business uh, desire the number two lead desire to lead I saw do keynote speaking, training. Um, people can get in touch with me through LinkedIn. It's probably the best place. So, Mohamed Hamoud at LinkedIn, Developing Unfaltered Leaders, there to serve, there to engage in conversations and get to know the other. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ari. Truly enjoyed our conversation.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for coming on and blessings. another episode of create a new tomorrow. I'm your host Ari Gronich. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to like, subscribe, rate, review, and comment so that we can start conversations like this with you and hopefully create a new tomorrow today. Thank you. And next time.